This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by Michael Hyatt's new book, Entrepreneurs Will Save the World. Discover how anyone can build the resilient mindset of an entrepreneur. Learn more at leadtowin entrepreneurs. Hey everybody, this is Nick. I'm the producer here at Lead to Win, and I'm popping in the feed here today to share a bonus-ode with you. Now, recently, Michael had a series of conversations with seven and eight-figure business owners around the concept of what is a winning mindset. And this is an important topic because in this moment of uncertainty, we need entrepreneurs to save the day. And just to be clear, an entrepreneur is not just someone who starts a business. Being an entrepreneur means someone who embodies a certain mindset, and that's what this interview is about. Today, we're hearing a conversation between Michael Hyatt and the one and only Amy Porterfield, and we're going to learn the single trait that Amy believes led to her breakout success. Now, I edited this interview, and I am confident that you'll be inspired to be entrepreneurial and to solve more problems in your life and the world around you. And if you would like to hear the full set of Mindset Advantage interviews, they're great. All you have to do is opt into the Countdown to 2021 community at michaelhyatt.com slash countdown. Okay, so enough talking. Here's Michael's interview with Amy Porterfield. Amy Porterfield is an online marketing expert that has taught me more than I could ever share. She's the host of the top uh, ranked podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy, one of my favorites. Before building a multi-million dollar digital course business, Amy worked with mega brands, and I'm really jealous of this, like Harley Davidson and peak performance coach Tony Robbins, also one of my favorites, where she oversaw the content team and collaborated on groundbreaking online marketing campaigns. Through her best-selling courses and popular podcast, Amy's step-by-step approach proves that even the newest online entrepreneurs can bypass the overwhelm, we all need that, and instead generate exciting momentum as they build a business they love. Amy, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Well, it's fun to have you here. So I want, to, uh, want you to just give a brief introduction of your business. Kind of give us you know, where you started from and then sort of the overview of where it is today so we have some context. Okay. So I was a corporate girl through and through. So right out of college, I got my first corporate job and worked my way through different jobs. And like you said, worked with Harley Davidson at the dealership levels. That was my first introduction to marketing. And then I went over to work with peak performance coach, Tony Robbins, where I was the director of content development, which meant that I got to work on the content that Tony would do on stage at events like Unleash the Power Within and Date with Destiny. And in his digital products. And so Tony teaches how to be an entrepreneur. So I eventually got the entrepreneurial bug. And so after seven years, I went out on my own and started my own online business. Now, what I did right from the get-go, because I didn't know how to create digital courses on my own, and that was my goal. I wanted to create courses teaching marketing. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So I started to do social media for different small businesses. I say I did consulting. Really, I just did the social media for those clients. I had about eight clients at one time and I realized I 
hate this. I was not cut out to do that kind of work because I was in my early days, a yes girl. So I said yes to everything. I had zero boundaries. So instead of having one big boss, literally Tony was a big guy. I went from one boss to eight little mini bosses, bossing me around, telling me what to do at all hours of the day and night to do their social media. So I did that for two years and realized I just created a business I do not love, and I knew I needed to make a change. So instead of saying, I'll have to go back to my corporate job, instead I said, what can I do differently that will light me up and serve more people? And that's when I started to get serious about creating my own digital courses. Even though I didn't have all the answers, I had to figure it out as I went, and that changed everything, which is today, 11 years in, the way I run my business is I create digital courses. I have two digital courses that I sell, and I have a multi-million dollar business. I don't do consulting. I don't do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I sell digital courses, teaching other people how to grow their online businesses. Fantastic. Well, I want to go back 11 years ago or whenever it was you launched that first digital course. And honestly, looking at you now, you know, probably a lot of people think what I think and like, oh, Amy's such a natural. She's got the gift of gab. She's so positive and uplifting and inspiring and good on camera and all this stuff. But I'm guessing that probably wasn't always the case. Oh, so, so far from it. So go back to the first, first launch. And what was it about that first launch that lets you know you had a viable business? Okay. So my very first launch of my first digital course was in that first year of going out on my own. I had all these clients, but I wanted to create a course and launch it out into the world. And I did so. And truth be told, it was a huge failure. So I made $267 with my first digital course launch and I cried for days. My husband, Hobie had to tell me about four or five days in, you need to get up out of bed. You need to get back into the game because I was devastated. I watched what everybody else did and I thought I was going to have a hundred thousand dollar launch. And that is not the case. But to answer your question, what what was it about that first launch that made me think I can continue to keep going? After a few days of crying, I realized, wait a second, I've put something out there. It didn't work, but I never am going to have to start from scratch again. I, I, I know at least how to put together a course. My messaging is wrong. I don't have an audience. There's so much I need to fix, but it was that first step, like just do something that made me realize, wait a second, if I keep going, I can continue to get to where I want to go. I don't have to go back to my job just because it didn't work. So there were lots of lessons in that first launch, but it was a failure to be quite honest. Wow. Well, one of the things I talk about in my book, Entrepreneurials Will Save the World, is the whole idea of resilience. And, you know, you demonstrated that at 267 launch. <laughs> when you first said that, I thought she's going to say $267,000 launch. And I'm thinking to myself, that, that would be pretty good. But yeah. 267. Mm -hmm. But you got up from that after crying for a few days. All yes. of us to grieve what we've lost. But when did that flicker of hope start to, to start in your heart again? where you wanted to say, okay, I'm going to give this another shot. Yeah. So what I did is I thought, okay, that didn't work. Let's figure out why that didn't work. And then let's start moving forward and doing the things I need to do, like grow my audience and start putting content out there on a regular basis and really understanding who my audience is. I needed to understand what their problems were. What did they ultimately want? I had to, I had to really get clear on who I was serving and what they needed from me. So I spent some time doing so as I continued to take a few clients to pay the bills 
skills. Then I came out with my second digital course. And that time I made a few thousand dollars. So I'm a slow learner. It didn't, it, my big success did not happen overnight, but I made a few thousand dollars with my second launch. And I realized, okay, I am on to something. But what happened was I launched one more time. And by then I had hit $30,000 on one launch. And that was the moment that something clicked and I realized, wait, I know how to sell digital courses online. This actually worked. It took me a little while to get there, but this actually worked. And what happened in that moment I remember where I was in this tiny little condo in Carlsbad. I remember what I was wearing, where I was sitting on the couch. And I looked up at my husband, Hobie, and I said, babe, you're never going to believe what just happened. And I said, I just made $30,000, let's say over like seven days. I just made $30,000. That was more than my wildest dreams at that point. And Hobie looked at me like I had two heads, like I was crazy. And he actually asked me, is this legal what you're doing? Like, come on. But he was just so just confused as to how this happened. I wasn't confused though. I realized in that moment, when you talk about that, fl that flip uh, of the switch, I realized I know how to make money online selling digital courses successfully. No one can ever take that away from me. I just learned a skill that I will have forever, no matter what. And that's where I realized no matter what, I'm going to keep moving forward. Oh, I'm so glad you did. Well, I want to ask you a question that I didn't send to you in advance. So okay. if you don't want to answer this, you don't have to. But looking back now over these 11 years, what's had to shift in your mindset? And, and what do you think is true for most entrepreneurs? Where, where does their mindset need to shift? If they're coming from the corporate world or coming out of a nonprofit or want to get into this entrepreneurial space and say, you know, I, th I think it's time that I become an entrepreneur. What's going to have to change in their mindset? Oh, such a great question. Number one is that no matter what, I have to call the shots at all times. Like I have to trust in myself. When you're in corporate, you have a boss. So they're going to dictate how you spend your time and what you do. And number two, you have a bigger team around you, especially when you're starting out as an entrepreneur, it's pretty lonely. It's just you. And what needed to switch for me was that I had to rely on myself. I had to fiercely show up for myself every single day. No one was going to tell me to get out of bed. I didn't have to be at any J-O-B at any specific time, but I had a business to run. So the shift was I had to fiercely show up for myself. And number two, it wasn't going to work without me. I couldn't rely on anybody in that moment. And having that confidence in myself over the years, it's gotten, of course, stronger and stronger. I feel as though I can do anything. I feel like I can rely on myself for anything. I didn't feel like that when I had a corporate job. So it definitely is a, a different kind of confidence. So what happens to the person who says, I, I just don't feel like I can rely on myself? What would you say to them to begin to build that momentum that ultimately leads to that confidence? The first thing I'd say is, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to create your own thing? Be your own boss, call the shots, impact lives in the way you want to impact. Because for me, I left my corporate job, not because I wanted to change the world in the beginning. Now I feel that way, but it wasn't even because I wanted to impact thousands of lives. I'm embarrassed to admit this, but the truth is I left my corporate job because I didn't want to have a boss anymore. I didn't want to create for somebody else. I didn't want to build somebody else's dream. I didn't want to be on somebody else's hours. And I didn't want to hit that ceiling anymore of how much money I could make. So it was very selfish. And I don't mean that in a negative way of why I wanted to do my own thing. 
And so when it got tough for me, when I made $267 and started to think, maybe I have to go back to my job. I asked myself, how bad do you want this? How bad do you want to create your own thing? And at that point, it started to feel like, how bad do I want to make an impact for other people in the way I know I can? So I always had to come back to my why. And one more thing, when you say, you know, what if they think like, I don't know if I have it in me. And I believe that we all, if we get clear on our why, and we just tell ourselves, no matter how much I mess up, this is going to work. No matter how long it takes me, how many stumbles I have, I'm going to get to where I want to get to. There's no way you can fail. And so I think that's with everything in life, but I think it's a huge reminder that you have to tell yourself. Man, I love that whole idea of getting clear on your why. Yes, That's so crucial. I talk about that in your best year ever when, in terms of your goals, but I think it's starting a business, which is kind of the ultimate goal. Man, if you don't know why you're doing it, there's going to come a time when, you know, you have that $267 launch or the bottom falls out in some way. And if you're not clear on your why, you're just going to quit. And I, and I really yeah. think, and tell me if you agree with this, I, I really think the only way to fail as an entrepreneur is to just quit. The only way I firmly believe that. And when you tell yourself that you realize, wait a second, there's only one way this doesn't work out. And no matter what, I'm not going to quit. So I've already won. I love that. I love that too. That's fantastic. Okay. That leads into my next question. So in the book, I talk about the eight traits of an entrepreneur. And one yes. of my talk about is resourcefulness. And when I think of you, I think you sort of personify that quality as somebody that's really scrappy, somebody that doesn't give up, that, you know, finds a way to get through and figure it out. First of all, do you think I'm right in my assessment of you that that, that, that is really one of your key superpowers, if you will? And if so, how does that show up for you? Okay. When I read that that's the word you chose for me, I couldn't have been prouder because if I was going to get a tattoo as an entrepreneur, it would be that word tattooed somewhere. I don't know where, but that is the word I live by. It's actually one of our core values in our business. We are resourceful. And I learned this from my days at Tony Robbins and I saw him being resourceful. And what that meant when I worked at Tony Robbins was he, even though he had a lot of money, it didn't mean we had a challenge and we threw a bunch of money to it to solve it. We had to get creative. We had to get my favorite word scrappy in order to figure it out. And so I learned that early on in my corporate days, brought that over to my business. So where it shows up for me is no matter what, I never think it can't be done. There, that doesn't even enter my mind. Now, it, will it take maybe a few shots for me to get there? Possibly. But there's always a way to make a new connection or to be more strategic in a different way or to try something that you've never tried before. Right now, at the time of this recording, a lot of my friends are launching and they're finding that Facebook ads are really expensive with what's going on in the world. It's just way more expensive than their budgets. So we're starting to talk about ways to get scrappy. They're in the DMs talking to people one by by one inviting them to their masterclass. They're holding extra live sessions, doing walkthroughs of their program because the ads aren't reaching people. I love the scrappiness. And I always know if something's not on target, I will find a way to get it back on target. And because I live my life that way, because I run my business that way, we've always been able to move forward with success because if someone came to me and said, this can't be done, I'd almost laugh at this point, but it's a muscle that I've built. I've, I've, there's been times I've doubted it, but then I'm like, nope, I believe this. I, it's one of my core values. I want to keep moving forward. So it's a muscle that gets stronger along the way. Okay. So this is another mindset trick. 
right? So the limiting belief is I don't have the resources. I don't have the contacts. I don't have the money. I don't have the skills. I'm too old. I'm too young. Whatever it is, you just don't have the resources. But what I hear you saying is that over time, by exercising that muscle, you overcame that limiting belief and got to the place where you believe that literally, to, to quote our friend Marie Forleo, everything is figure outable. Yes, you know, exactly. Anything can be resourced. It's so very true. And it doesn't mean that you have to have a lot of money or a big team. A lot of my students are just starting out with their first digital courses and watching them see what they're able to do as a solopreneur with no ad budget, but they get scrappy and they make it happen blows my mind. So I know it's not just me or Michael where we have a big team or a lot of money. I've seen it done with my brand new students just getting out into the online world. Fantastic. Love that it works at every level. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of resourcefulness, uh, the pandemic. So all of yeah. us has had to pivot. So what's your COVID-19 story? How has your business uh, reacted or responded at this time? Okay, so I've got three quick examples for you. The first thing that happened during COVID is that I was launching something and I actually called you up, Michael, and said, should, should I launch this? I'm, now I'm freaked out. In the very beginning, I was like a deer in headlights and you had encouraged me to keep moving forward to launch it. And we did launch this, this membership I had and we did not hit our goals, which was like the first time in a long time. However, during that experience, I realized my students needed me to show up in a bigger way. Way. And I became a leader. I didn't even know I had it in me in the sense that I just got to work. Now, the first thing I did is in my membership, I showed up for them every single day. We said for 30 days, literally it lasted for at least two to three months where every day, Monday through Friday, and I know you did something similar. I was just in the group answering questions, helping them with their fears and troubleshooting. So that's the first thing I did that created customers for life for me, just showing up, being willing to go beyond what other people were doing in order to support them. Number two, for me, I realized that we needed something new in the market to support people that were just thinking about what do I do now? Many people were laid off. They were furloughed. They had expertise, knowledge, and know-how, but had no idea how to start an online business. So we created a resource quickly called Be Your Own Boss, all about how to get started with an online business. Now, we, we did a lot of stuff for free in those early days, a lot of freebies, how to work from home, how to support your family while you're still working, all of that. But this Be Your Own Boss, we charged for it. So it was less than $100, but we put it out there in the market and we charged for it. And it did phenomenally well. Now, one thing I learned from you and what I teach my students is you cannot be afraid to sell during really rough times like this pandemic. Of course, we did our, our part to give away free, great value, but to continue to sell I felt like it was my responsibility as an entrepreneur to contribute to society and make sure that we've got people spending money and making money at an pivotal time. So we sold Be Your Own Boss. It did incredibly well and helped people get started in this industry. And I think for the third thing for my pivot is that I started helping my students find the different ways that they could pivot in their business. Uh, one of my students, she was a teacher, but she realized that Obviously, we know what happened with teachers and their whole lives had changed through that. But she was a teacher, not in a school, but she was doing more online tutoring. And she realized that she had the skill of teaching other teachers how to do online training because 
my sister's a teacher. She had no idea how to use Zoom in the early days. So she quickly pivoted her entire business to helping teachers go digital and boom, she had an entirely new business. So I helped my students find these different ways. So we pivoted in our business. I showed up as a bigger leader. We created a new uh, resource for our audience. And then I helped my students with their digital courses, pivoting into something new. Those are three great examples. Thank you for being so specific. I think that that helps other people visualize the opportunity. Well, I think you're the best person to ask this question. What is the opportunity in this particular season? Because some people would say, this is like the worst time you could start a business, or this is the worst time to be thinking about growth. You just need to hunker down, hold on, and hope you make it through. What is your advice in this situation? I love this question. Obviously, I'm biased in the sense that I I live this lifestyle of being an entrepreneur. I believe there is no better time than right now to build your own business and to become an entrepreneur. Now, I specialize in creating digital courses, taking your expertise, knowledge, and know-how and turning that into a digital course so you're no longer helping one-on-one or you're working in a corporate job, but you're taking that knowledge and know-how and putting it out into the world one-to-many. But no matter if you want to create a digital course, a membership site, physical product, anything that you want to do as an entrepreneur, there's no better time than right now because number one, people aren't looking for perfection. I think that's so important. I tell my students who are creating digital courses, you don't need fancy lighting or fancy equipment or anything like that. They want your knowledge. And with digital courses, more people than ever are open to learning online. And so when I work with my students, I say, if you've waited on the sidelines to become an entrepreneur, well, your patience just paid off because your audience just got humongous because of people being open-minded to going online and getting what they need through online learning or memberships or whatever business you want to create. And so I obviously am biased to online entrepreneurship, but I just believe right now is the time that there's opportunities waiting for you. If you ever wanted to make a change, people are open to it. They're willing to help you. I feel like the environment is perfect for becoming an entrepreneur. Boy, I totally agree. And thank you for making the case for that because I I do think there's this thing, you know, that Stephen Pressfield calls the resistance, that whenever you have an intention to make an improvement or launch an initiative in any, any area of your life, you experience this resistance. And I think sometimes we just need an Amy Porterfield to come along and give us a little bit of a push and just say, no, it's, you know, the, the water's warm. Go ahead and jump in. Come on in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you have literally helped me make millions of dollars through my courses, which I learned how to do that from you. If people wanted to, to launch into this area of creating an online course, where would you send them? What's the best URL to find out more about your programs? So if you go to amyporterfield.com, I have tons of free resources. You can access my podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy there as well. And I talk about list building and digital courses and how to get started. Perfect. Amy, thank you so much for being with us. This has been enormously helpful. I know the people that have been watching this are going to find great value. So thanks again. Thanks, Michael. This episode of Lead to Win is brought to you by Michael Hyatt's new book, Entrepreneurs Will Save the World. Discover how anyone can build the resilient mindset of an entrepreneur. Learn more at leadto.win slash entrepreneurs.